the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Bernanke's going to be in the spotlight today. He's going to move markets Probably more so than you or me. That's just the fact, Jack. Nothing we could do about it. We could think about it. We could talk about it. Target, lows, woes, tied towards leather. Sacked is skyrocketing on a are we going to sell the company or not kind of angle. Stock market. Is up. SP 500 up 10. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 86. NASDAQ up 18. Gold up slightly. Up 7 bucks. 13.85. It's had a bad go of it lately. Oil at $95 a barrel. So, FedWatch, when will we start tapering the debt purchases? tied towards the federal government to keep the cost of debt low. Do you remember a couple of years ago, people were like, China's buying all our debt, China's buying all our debt. Years and years and years ago, it's Japan's buying all our debt, Japan's buying all our debt. At some point in time, you get to the point where you're like, yeah, there's always a boogeyman. I get it. Target, their profit drops 26% on week sales. They cut their outlook. Say it isn't so. Target, also known, the French retailer, Target, was at a 52-week high yesterday. Now they're down 3% today, down 2 bucks and 60 cents. We are not going to cry about Target. Yesterday, they entered a 52-week high. Today, they're off a little bit. Someone said there's no crying in baseball, but I'll go further and say, look at the freaking fragging chart, right? So, market's pushing higher. It's kind of nice to see. Major stock market averages closed modestly higher yesterday. Another Bullish Tuesday. Ooh. Wish it were a Wednesday. Ooh. You had the 
St. Louis Fed President Bullard, New York Fed President Dudley, both of them who vote, they basically underpin dovish remarks that they're going to keep rates low. Both men offer that perspective that said neither one of them is thinking anything's going to be imminent as far as tapering the Fed asset purchase program. Now, today we get Fed Chairman Pin Bernanke, the king of the kings, the king of the bankers. Long live the king. Bernanke's beginning his testimony about 10 minutes ago. He'll walk the line. I'm Johnny Cash. You know how cool it is to say the phrase, I'm Johnny Cash? Like, try to say that today in front of your boss and see if he laughs at you or not. Try to say that today in front of a chick. Drop it on your waiter or waitress. I'm Johnny Cash. I like the way you say that. I walk the line. That's what Ben Bernanke's going to say today. Low Staples target. All come up shy of the earnings expectations. American Eagle. Outfitters beat by a penny. So Saks. Saks Fifth Avenue. Up. Basically the idea that they're going to be sold. That's sweet. Elsewhere in the news, sales of previously owned U.S. homes climbed to a three-year high. An old lady on my street this week died, or I guess she died last week or the week before, the week before, the week before. But an old lady on my street who recently died, her house up for sale. Well, maybe her children did because she's dead. But long story short, sales of previously owned homes in April rose the highest level in more than three years. Purchases of existing homes increased six-tenths of a percent. Housing has gained strength. Basically, borrowing costs are at or near record lows, helping. Jobs are slowly rebuilding, helping. Confidence because of jobs and borrowing costs and home prices. Confidence is helping. And everyone throughout the, our economy is benefiting, whether it be Home Depot, builders, real estate brokers, mortgage lenders. Look, I hate a good real estate lender as much as you. No, no, wait, wait. Strike that comment. Hit the dump button. There we go. Seven seconds back. I hate a good real estate broker just as much as you do. Too cocky. And you know that they're trying to get their, their big fat commission. The housing recovery remains intact. Very solid formation. It's a formidable formation. The median price of an existing home up 11% to $192,800 last month. So uh, existing home, half the sales were above that, half the sales were below it, $192,800. It's the highest since August 2008. Way back when you were a little child playing with Tonka toys in 2008. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 2008 wasn't that long ago. So these are off incredibly low levels. I spoke with an economist, strategist, yesterday. I know you're saying, which was it? Economist, strategist, pick a side. It's a civil war. Okay, so he's a strategist. And he reminded me that the housing numbers are great 
off of low numbers. So the price increase at double digits not healthy because incomes are rising less than 2%. So price growth needs to moderate. Housing's too hot. It's being sapped up by the douchebags. Can I say douchebags on air? Douchebags, douchebags, douchebags. Um, so the housing costs are moving up way too fast. It's a supply and demand market. We need wages to go up because the prices are going up at an unhealthy rate. Get your calls in the air today. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's a nice day on the Wall Street. I like it. I like it a lot. Don't you feel wealthier? I do. When the market's hitting all-time highs... I'm not going to make it rain today. I'm not going to go to lunch and say, hey, Bay Area waiter, pick up the $1 bills. But you do feel a little bit more confident. You do carry a little bit more of a, I'll take a cab home for $100 versus take the train home for 7 bucks. Confidence does spur some economic growth. SP 500 of 9, the Dow up 80, 80, 80. Why 6 afraid of 7? Because 7, 8, 9. NASDAQ up 18. 10 year treasury sits at 1.92%. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800 516 1220. Rob Your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a couple things that I truly, truly, truly believe. Anyhow and anyway, one of them is climate change does exist. There's just, to me, irrefutable proof that Things are melting. Ben Bernanke said something crazy interesting this morning. I know you're saying, are you telling me a Fed Reserve chairman said something crazy interesting? He did. He said that ending its easy policy stance now would not return the economy to sustainable growth. Holy shnikes, did he just say what I think he said? Did he really just say a premature tightening of monetary policy could lead interest rates to rise temporarily, but would also carry a substantial risk of slowing or ending the economic recovery and causing inflation to fall further? Woohoo! Party on, Garth! This is to keep rates lower for a longer period of time. If you're in the lower interest rates party camp, 
that he may be in the lower interest rates are going to lead to massive inflation and cause our economy to, to unsustainably correct itself and re- lose all value. Trust me, I know. I'm with you. I get both sides of it. The overall job market remains weak. I wish we didn't have lower interest rates. I'm glad we have lower interest rates. I know you're saying, make up your mind. It's a civil war. Pick a side. No. 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 Inflation's low. So interest rates can be low. When jobs start getting some wind behind their sales, it'll be a problem that we discuss. But for now, no. 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 Home improvement retailer, Lowe's, who I think operates in the ghetto. Lowe's reported a 2.5% increase in first quarter income to $540 million. Home Depot, over a billion dollars. Sales slipped one-half of 1% to $13.1 billion. Cooler than normal temperatures and greater precipitation. I know you're saying, is that, boy, greater precipitation? Does that mean they're, they're, they're sweating under their armpits? No, no, no. Well, I guess it could mean that. I can call and check. Long story short, more rain delayed spring selling. Home Depot didn't say that. So I don't really like what I'm seeing from Lowe's. Okay, 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 okay. You're saying, give me one more thing. Give me give me something on gold. Gold gained ground based on what Ben Bernanke said about keeping rates lower. Like, seriously, I couldn't have predicted that he would have said that, but he did, and I'm like, thank you. Wall Street's like, thank you very much. Please, I'll have a chicken bacon waffle. S&P 500's up 9, the Dow's up 79, the Nasdaq's up 18. Like, happy days are here again, but keep in mind, as a clear frog from throat, keep in mind that happy days that are here on Wall Street will eventually lead to a correction. So don't go out and buy something that you can't afford. Honey? Go out and buy yourself a cute outfit, but return it tomorrow. So Tiger Woods, Sergio Garcia. Garcia asked jokingly whether or not he'd have Tiger over for dinner at the U.S. Open, and he said, well, we will have him round every night. We will serve fried chicken. That's not even funny. So Tiger, being the jerk that he is, he could have said that was silly. But now he goes, it was wrong, hurtful, and clearly inappropriate. He goes on to say, I'm confident that there's a real regret that the remark was made. The players ended nearly two weeks ago, and it's long past time to move on and talk about golf. Off-color joke's not cool. Petty feud between two golfers? Fun. Doing it on Twitter, even more fun.
But Sergio took it kind of to a dark place. No one really likes Sergio Garcia as a golfer because, like, he throws temper tantrums. He throws his club. He smashes cameras. Anyway, that's one of the problems with Twitter. If something was cute and playful, it's not cute and playful online. If something was meant racially to infuriate, it may come across as cute and playful. Again, I'm not apologizing for anyone. Market's spiking. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke speaking to the Joint Economic Committee of Congress. The Dow up 40 points before he starts to speak. And then he says... Uh, premature tightening risks slowing or ending the recovery, and suddenly the market's up 110 points. Thank you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Jersey Shore is having its first summer since Hurricane Sandy. Is that something you could, like, support? Beaches and rides. And then, like, you could also, like, see some of the ruin that the hurricane did. We live in the Bay Area. If Santa Cruz was hit by, like, ten shark attacks or a tidal wave or a tsunami. Don't you wish we had a good tidal wave? It's been a while since we've had a good tidal wave. If one... Tidal wave hits later this morning. I am so screwed. Do you get the idea? Would you support an area that would love support? I said after 9-11, the best thing you could do is book a trip to New York. That city's going to need you. That city desperately wants to show that they're back on their feet. best thing you could do in face of a tragedy is support tragedy. Now, I'm not saying let's go to Oklahoma and hang out in Tornado Alley. But the Jersey Shore is open. Summer's ready to receive customers, i.e. holidayers, vacationers. It's a big part of the economy for beach towns in states. So all I recommend is that um, do your best. Get out there. Existing home sales rose this morning. Six cents percent missing expectations, but inventory so lean. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 12. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money investing and much, much more. Retail earnings reports are coming in this morning from Target closed staples. Dow component Hewlett Packard's going to be out earnings night after the bell. Every Tuesday this year, we've had an update on Wall Street, but 
Today's not Tuesday. I wish it were a blues day. Uh, 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 oh, it's Wednesday. Into it reported third quarter profits of blah, 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 above expectations. Do you care about Into it? They are quick and they are turbo tax. They said that their tax season was lackluster. Analog devices earned 52 cents a share above expectations for the current quarter. That's kind of ex, that's short of expectations for the current for the next quarter. What they're expecting to earn. It's a signal processing tech company. They've been hit by global economic concerns. I had the most interesting conversation. If you consider boring, insane, dull conversations interesting about the Xbox with a tech guy, he said, that that, that still wasn't an announcement yesterday. I'm like, dude, you can kill your cable box and talk to it and, like, say, what's on ESPN? He's like, but I, I didn't see any specs about it. I'm like, dude, you can tell your cable company to shove up their nasal passages, their old cable box, and you don't want to rent it anymore, and you can buy an Xbox One and have your own cable box. He's like, but, 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 what semiconductor is going to be pounding it? I'm like, dude, you could talk to your cable box. So people were looking at us like, that's the most insane conversation I've heard in a while. Merck announced a $5 billion accelerated share repurchase program. Yay! We're going to buy back nearly 100 million shares from Goldman Sachs at current market conditions. Let's take a look at the market numbers. It's a good day. It's a good day, America. Oh, Craig Ferguson. It's a good day, America. Hey, I like the uh, I like crackers, but that stick about it, it's a good day, America is kind of uh, a couple years old. SP 500 is up 13. The Dow's up 128 points. It's a good day, America, and the Nasdaq's up 13. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad, one of the areas that I think we could be of service to our listeners is telling them what we actually do and some of the the tools that they could use to do it themselves. Keep in mind that it's it's a long day. 12 to 14 hours to be a financial planner, financial advisor, investment advisor. It's not easy work. It's, it's, it's very math-centric. It's a lot of research. It's staying on top of things. One of the areas that people make mistakes in is that they try to do, like, own 10 to 20 stocks. You need to spend at least two to three hours a week on any stock that you own, at least two to three hours. Yeah. So it's a lot of work when you start adding up 10, 20, 30 stocks. People can't possibly follow them. No, really, and, and, and having a portfolio that's really over 30 stocks is overkill anyways because okay. at that point you might as well buy an index fund or an ETF because, you know, if you're going to take, let's say it's a 20-stock portfolio, you're doing 5% positions to get, you know, up to 100%. So if, you, if you're going to take the time to do it, you want a good pick to actually have an impact on your portfolio. So, you know, we've got the whole team that, that follows the 20 to 30 picks that we usually have. Right now we have about... 18 picks, right. a little bit of extra cash, but but that's a full-time job. And then we yeah. have a whole bunch of different sources that we buy in research from, including a you know, $2,000 a month Bloomberg terminal sitting right there. Now, with that said, Bloomberg terminal, awesome tool. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It's an amazing tool. Morningstar.com is a website that you can run your portfolio through. 
and you can use it for free for two weeks, the Portfolio Analyzer. That's Morningstar.com. Mm-hmm. What are some other resources that people could try to tap into? Well, first of all, be careful of research, re, resources that are kind of the market timing type of resources. Okay. Um, you can look at what other portfolios are doing. I mean, there's, there's, there's places like Financial Engines, which helps you get an idea with creating an investment policy, for example. An investment policy is very important because it'll, it keeps you from making bets that are too big one way or the other. Okay. Because as soon as you make a bet too big one way or the other, you're typically wrong. Like, like those people that... You know, totally get out of small cap and mid cap because they're super scared. Usually, they're super scared after one or two years of bad returns, which are then followed up by some super big returns in those areas. That's just how small cap and, and emerging markets work, for example. So you create an investment policy statement that says, you know, here's my pie chart. This is what I'm going to invest in between small cap, large cap, mid cap, international commodities, real estate, bonds. And you might allow yourself to overweight 10% above or 10% below your investment policy that you have, sure. but don't go over that. It kind of forces you to sell, and that's the hardest type of to, uh, part of investing. Buying's easy. It's fun to find that sexy ETF or the fund or getting into tech or whatever you want to be in. People ask me when to sell. It's, it's, to me, it's the same reasons for when you buy, mm-hmm. but opposite. Right. I like the CEO. I like the margins. I like the revenue. I like the earnings. I like the profitability. So you would sell if the CEO leaves or if the margins deteriorate or if the revenue declines. Like It is easy if you're a robot like me. Yeah. Well, the emotions kill investing. So the best way to invest is just do what the opposite of what your gut says. You're probably going to be better served. But investment policy, if you're doing funds and ETFs, it says I'm going to uh, my weighting is 25% in large cap, for example. Yeah. That's not what my recommendation is. But let's say it's that. If that goes up to 35%, you need to trim it. You need to sell some of that growth and put it back to somewhere that didn't do as well. Because if you have growth in one area, you're going to have a decline in another, and that's when you want to rebalance. Or if it's an individual stock portfolio, and let's say you're doing 20 stocks that you're buying at 5% positions, yeah. as soon as that hits 7%, peel the 2% of the gain off. Peel that off and rebalance so that you're taking the house money off the table. Selling's okay. Yeah, sometimes it means you're going to pay taxes, but that means you've had a gain. I'd rather have pay taxes on a gain than try to write off a loss. Okay, short answers here. What do you think about Barron's Magazine? I like Barron's, especially when they kind of play the devil's advocate. So when they see a lot of stuff in media that's really, you know, touting a, a certain trade or a sector, they'll come in and be the devil's advocate. Investors Business Daily. Um, it's okay for general direction. Um, if you're more of a short-term investor, it, I think it's a great tool. But it's probably the third or fourth place that I'll read. How about Wall Street Journal? like the Wall Street Journal, especially on the personal finance articles. And the overall global news. How about something like Wired Magazine, which shows future tech trends? Uh, useful or not? Uh, it's, I think it's more useful for somebody that's like investing in that or working in that okay. area. I used um, to um, – I actually got one of my cheats was the, in the early 90s. They did an article on there's going to be this super fast technology called DSL. And <laughs> instantly I, I go, I go – and before Google – I, I go to the Internet, I type in DSL companies, and I, I found a cheat sheet on companies that were going to be offering a super fast Internet. And a lot of them did very, very well for me, but I couldn't possibly recommend that as a, a tool that's going to work each and every time. Yeah, yeah. How about ValueLine? You a ValueLine guy? Love ValueLine, especially for the, the, the more mature investor that's looking for the dividend yeah. growers and buying stocks that, that kind of are in the more stable area. Yeah. Um, another new site that I absolutely love is Briefing.com. I go to that every morning. It's one of the first places I go. Yeah, and so that's not cheap uh, to get a professional service, but yeah, it, it, it's worth it. if you can. Like Maybe if you're in an investment club with 10 of you, you'll pull your money, pull your resources. And that, that's something I recommend, pooling resources. And I think investment clubs are a great idea for people too, Chad, because... It teaches you that we're all different investors, 
And for instance, I, I once did an investment club with women, and they were the more mature women, if you know what I'm saying, um, i.e. elderly. Uh, one woman in that group was just as big as nasty as B-I-T, and I'm not going to you know, go there, but, <laughs> and no one liked her, but she was probably the best investor because she would always bring up the negatives. It's easy to find the positives, but to find the negatives is a lot more difficult in this society. Yeah, you know, an investment type of a committee like that, when you're, when you're working with other people, it's, it's almost like an argument. I remember I hired uh, one of our analysts in one of the, after one of the first investment policy committee meetings that we had. Yeah. We go in and argue our case. He came into my office. I don't think the meeting went very well. Is there something that I did wrong? I mean, it seems like you were really mad at me. And I'm like, no, you can't take that stuff personally. If you come up with an idea, I'm going to try to shoot it down until you can convince me that that's the right idea and you have, you know, uh, your, your theory is right and you believe it's right. In hindsight, was Chicken Little right? <laughs> no, no, I'm not calling him Chicken Little, but I know who you're talking about. With that said, that's Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about, whether it be Ben Bernanke or median home prices. Ben Bernanke's testifying about U.S. economic growth. Sales of previously owned U.S. homes climbed to a three-year high. I somehow keep coming back to this Oklahoma story again and again and again and again. A lot like you come back to the shootings in Connecticut, a lot like you come back to tragedy after tragedy that continues to befall Americans. I want you to pray for those involved, if praying is your thing. I want you to know that there's a lot of financial damage that's been done. A couple elementary schools, a hospital got hit by something they say is eight times to 20 times stronger than the nuclear bomb, atomic bomb, that hit Hiroshima. That's pretty powerful to have a child go through that, right? Anyhow, I think you get where I'm going at with that. A lot got destroyed. Are you prepared for that in your life? I'm not saying it's a better chance of winning the lottery or a worse chance of winning the lottery. I'm just saying bad things happen to good people. Make sure you're economically prepared. It's Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Try to keep it simple. Try to keep it plain. Yesterday I learned that the word GIF could be pronounced GIF or GIF. Soft G, 
Hard J. Hard G. No T. Who cares? That's where we are in our life. Who cares? SP 500's up 13. That's almost euphoric. Dow's up 74. The Nasdaq's up 9. So on one hand, Ben Bernanke is saying that the economy is soft enough to the point that if we remove stimulus, we're in trouble. On the other hand, he's saying, what? What was that first one? If we remove stimulus, we're in trouble. And yet the market's hitting all-time highs. Okay. I understand that there's probably a Bigfoot out there. For you conspiracy nuts, I, I, I tip my hat to you. I once saw a guy on the Jersey Shore that had so much hair on his body at the beach that I'm pretty sure he comes from the lineage of Sasquatch. Not a big fan of UFOs. Don't really believe the concept of a interplanetary taxi cab. But for you conspiracy nuts that are like, this is a, this is a manipulated economy. The economy is manipulated. I'm not going to invest in it because it's manipulated. Okay, yeah, there's some truth to that. The Federal Reserve said so. He told Congress today, Ben Bernanke did, that the job market remains weak. It's too soon for the Federal Reserve to end extraordinary stimulus programs. That's kind of weird, and yet it's very supportive of the market. Me? I try to cut weird out of my dictionary. Weird doesn't serve me well. I know you're saying, what's that mean? You don't get to retirement by gambling on whether the Fed's right or wrong. I've got a friend who's a gambling man by nature. And ultimately, he's not going to have enough for retirement. Because he's a gambling man by nature. Stocks are up today because Bernanke says it's too soon to tighten. Hey, I'm just glad I own stocks. Lowe's first quarter profit was up. Results missed expectations. Target first quarter earnings fall missed expectations. The retailer that's dominating right now is Home Depot. Tied towards housing. William Sonoma, tied towards housing. The middle class and the lower class. What's the lower? Poor, low income, poverty. They're struggling. Obama, man of the people. Increased payroll taxes, and that hurt everyone. But when you're maxing out your 401k and you're wealthy, you're like, yeah, I'm just not going to max out my 401k. When you're poor and living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have options. There's an IRS official who's refusing to testify in a Tea Party probe, citing the Fifth Amendment. Lois Lerner will not answer questions about how the IRS developed the 
to be on the lookout list for Tea Party groups. Last couple weeks, she's done nothing but talk, 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 talk. Now she's taking the fifth. So will Congress ever get to the bottom of the story? I don't know. I can tell you they're putting off talking about the budget. I can tell you they're putting off talking about austerity versus new taxes versus reforming the tax system. I can tell you this is damaging not damning, but damaging to Obama's legacy as well as to Obama's ability to accomplish anything going forward. People don't like the idea of a president being a bully. Hoover. I know you're saying Hoover is considering buying Oric. Oric, the crazy commercial appliance guy who you've seen pick up bowling balls, is in bankruptcy. Hoover's considering picking them up in Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Interesting, right? Oric was founded in 1963. We've got a manufacturing plant in Tennessee, American company. At a time when a lot of jobs went overseas, Steve Warwick, who I had a 10-year anniversary on radio show, and I'm coming up on my 20-year. I know you're saying, that's sexy. But for my 10-year, Steve Warwick was the surprise guest, which I still find kind of funny. This story has no no end. Pandora launched an update that allows listeners to automatically share what they listen to on Facebook. Stocks traded up on that news. I know you're saying that's just not that interesting of a day today, is it? There's not a lot of stories out there today. Earnings season has ended. We're listening to Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke signaling. His intentions to keep monetary stimulus efforts in place. Wall Street initially reacted very strong to that news. SP 500 out five, the Dow up 45, NASDAQ up fractions. You're this Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. 
Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. So dedicated to getting your retirement. Show dedicated to trying to eliminate distractions. Saying what's on my mind. Telling you what is or is not working in the economy. But also reminding you of key factors like marriage is expensive. Try to make it work. Marriage therapists are in business for a reason. Because marriage is tough. Trying to show you things like a good college education is better than a liberal arts education. Charter schools, private schools, public schools, they all can work out. It's what sort of career do you pursue that will either fund your retirement, that will either fund your opportunity on this planet to travel, to see the world, to make a difference, to help poor people, help feed the hungry. Your career is pretty important. American community less. That is a story that happened during the recession that's still playing out today. That has to scare the auto companies on some levels. Overnight, Tesla's become the fourth automaker in the United States, albeit very expensive. But they can join the, the ranks of Fiat. I know as many people that own a Tesla as own a Fiat. And yet you consider Fiat an automaker. So April's good federal budget, very much so just a blip tied towards receipts, tied towards IRS collections. If you got a big refund on your taxes this year, that means you paid too much to the IRS last year. Change that. Ideally, what you do is get nothing back on your taxes. One area that I know, I know you can help save yourself money on is your health. Try to be as healthy as possible. I know it's a difficult concept to throw out. Your pet care costs. I know you can save money before you adopt a dog. Research how much dogs cost. A little blood and urine workup ain't cheap. Medication's not cheap. Dog bites, not cheap. You can easily spend $6,000, $7,000, $8,000 on your pet who's seriously ill. Pet insurance, it might be right for you, but you got to do a lot of research. Until 1997, the only company offering pet insurance was one company. It had a large share of the market. Older pets, i.e. pets who are 7 to 10 years old, may not be eligible for a new policy. Keep in mind, a dog year is about 7 years in our life, so a 7-year-old dog is 49 years old. 10-year-old dog 70 years old. 
Think about would you insure your grandmother and her health? Probably not. <sighs> Honey, can you bring me the Matson? I know you're saying, you have some messed up role models in your life, didn't you? I really didn't. So, on top of everything that I talk about, be patient. Understand that Ben Bernanke is in the spotlight because our economy stinks. Keeping interest rates at incredibly low levels, saying that the Fed asset purchase program can't be tapered off anytime soon. That's encouraging the market. But for him to say that, he had to say, our economy stinks. It's not where it wants to be. Now, I'm paraphrasing. SP 500's up 5, the Dow's up 45, the NASDAQ up 6. Ding, 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 ding. Ten-year Treasury sits at just under 2%. I know you're saying, how much under 2%? Is it 165? Is it 175? No, it's 199. It's just under 2%. Euro's trading down fractionally. The dollar's trading... I don't even know where the dollar is today. Gold trading up $3. Anyone want me to see gold finger again? Probably not. Oil sits down fractions at $95.87 a barrel. It just doesn't matter. The news just isn't that good out there today, is it? Into it. Blackluster quarter. Sachs is up for higher. Merck announcing a big buyback acceleration program. Look, money's cheap right now. And because money's cheap, creates opportunity for companies to buy back shares faster. It also makes opportunity for CEOs to pay themselves more money. Ford's going to shut down 21 of its North American factories for one week this summer. That's a shorter time than usual, so that's actually good news. Sunday cut its sales targets for digital cameras, smartphones, and tablets. But it does see some encouraging signs for its electronics. Company plans to assess the proposal from Daniel Loeb, its biggest shareholder, that it's spin off its entertainment business. Fred and I were talking technology yesterday, and guys, did you see Sony shares moved up today after Microsoft announced uh, their new Xbox? And he was all confident because Sony has better product. I'm like, dude, it moved up because people are buying the shares now to sell them later when it's shorted. I know, you're saying you actually hang out with someone that you refer to as dude. Strange I do. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. How can you tumble a titan? It's not easy. J.P. Morgan Chase, Chief Executive Jamie Dimon, handily beat back an effort by shareholder activists to force him to give up his second role as chairman. It's tough to humble a titan. You know the movie Remember the Titans? One of my high schools that I went to competed against T.C. Williams, which was the Titans in that movie, Remember the Titans. So we were the team that was beaten by the Titans. Long story short, they weren't all that the movie made made it up to be. 
they were in, involved in an incredibly racially divided part of town. And that's where the drama came from. Today's drama comes from Ben Bernanke, Fed Reserve banker, bringing you a higher market. Thank you. In your 401k, 403b, 457, you're getting some catch up. Markets are up, what, almost 20% this year? Like, that just doesn't even sound right. SP 500 is up 5 today. The Dow's up 45, sitting at 15,433. NASDAQ's at 3508. SP 500 is at 1674. Yesterday, a strategist from Goldman Sachs said the SP 500 is up 33% through 2015. Thank you. Will it happen? I don't know. But it's pretty attractive to think about. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. Commerce secretaries slated to go in front of Congress and have tough questions asked. Oddly enough, she was Penny Pritzker, for the record, Commerce Secretary nomination. She was the top fundraiser for Obama's 2008 campaign, and she gets a pretty cush position inside the cabinet. That kind of crap exists in books. Why does it exist in real life? S&P 500's up five since 1674. Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 45, sitting up one-third of a point. Ben Bernanke's in front of Congress trying to talk about his policies. NASDAQ up 6 and at 35.08. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. That's CFP Chad Burton. I recently saw a, a new study out that teachers are no longer teaching cursive. They're now teaching typing in second and third and fourth grades, in large part because cursive is going the way of the dodo bird and computers. That shocks me. Earlier in my life, I would have said that would never have happened. Like, cursive will be here forever. It's part of the mainstream. But the more things change, the more they actually do change. CFP Chad Burton, is there any truth to that statement, the more things change? Like, we just, we have to stay on our toes as investors. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay on our toes with money. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean a big shift that's that's happened. Um, gosh, when I first got in the business, Rob, we used to have to wait quarterly for the Morningstar reports to get fund to, to look at fund reviews. Yep. And we would get the pamphlet in the mail on a quarterly basis and, you know, have to read every page. It wasn't going online and searching for the ticker symbol. Um, and then, you know, back when asset allocation kind of started, it was a you know, 10% international. Now it's more like younger, more aggressive person would want 20 to 30% international exposure minimum just because the world is becoming so global. Um, and then 2008 and nine, when the market corrected drastically, that's one year where asset allocation because of, the debt crisis where there wasn't really a cushion. Everything just sold off and went off a cliff for a short period of time. The one thing that stays true through that whole period of time is that when 
you get rewarded is typically when you're doing opposite of what the masses are doing. Right. So when your emotions tell you to sell and you're scared and all your friends are selling, you should actually think more rationally in terms of there's going to be value so soon. So get your shopping list ready. Um, there is more volatility in the market, but that whole idea of buy when other people are fearful still stays the same. It's interesting because when I got into the industry, there was something called a Quotron. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> They're like these big walkie-talkies that would get stock quotes yeah. and through radio waves, like pre-internet. Right. Pre-internet. And that's, you know, otherwise you had to wait till the next day to see where the stock market closed um, in the newspaper, which is pretty darn weird. Um, because it's now too much information. So anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is like things changed, Dad. I remember in the 1990s saying Tyco's a great company. You know, Bear Stearns, they'll never go out of business. Lehman Brothers have been around for 100 years. You can invest in some Lehman. Um, but some of these maxims or some of these thoughts will kill you. And again, it's great to have things that you believe in, but you have to be flexible. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people, too, believe in the the financials, you know, need to lead the markets. Well, when financials are done and everybody's finished refinancing their mortgage, which has caused a big, you know, revenue boost to a lot of financial companies, where's their revenue going to come from if we're going to be at very low interest rates for a long period of time like Japan has been? Now you're killing me because I believe financials have to lead the market. I know. We'll see. Will that change? Will financials be as profitable if they're just strictly in the banking business? I'm not talking about the investment banking side because we might get more of a separation and regulation in that front. So the traditional banks that take deposits and then lend money, at these low rates, how are they going to grow revenues like they have in the past if people stop refinancing their mortgages and that whole wave ends? That's, that's what we're going to have to find out. What will be the next market leader? Okay. So any final concepts you have about, like, revisiting some of your notions? Like, I kind of the one that I get tired of is hearing people on radio say buy and hold is like buy and hope or it's dead. I think you can accumulate assets. I, I really still think you can accumulate. I think you can hold companies like Visa for 100 years, probably. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you always have to probably. But you, you have to, you know, yeah, Ford can come in and change the way people do transactions. There's no doubt about that. But do I think Visa would adapt with it? Sure. I think they're one of those you know, beast in the jungle who can evolve, um, where some companies can't evolve. Yeah, at the same time, a lot of companies, like, look at Target and their red card. They come up with their own debit card. It gives you 5% on everything you buy. So why would you use your Visa when you can get your own Target card if you're going to shop at Target? So things can change. It's one of the things you always have to look at is, is well, that Target card does the transactions through Visa's payment network. That's why you buy Visa. They're a payment network, not a credit card. It's a debit card. It goes right to your bank account. Okay, the debit card. <laughs> so, debit card uh, transactions count, too. Yeah. It's not as profitable. But, yeah, things things do change, and that's why you can't stuff yourself in a box in terms of investor because there's investors, and there's firms out there that say all we do is index investing and we rebalance quarterly, or firms that say all we do is find the best managed mutual funds, or firms that only buy individual stocks. I like all those areas for different pieces. I like to have my individual stocks when I'm looking and screening for dividend-increasing stocks. Yep. I like my index funds for large and mid-cap, and I like my managed funds for international emerging markets and any of the alternative spaces. Uh, so I like them all, and depending on what macroeconomic environment, I'll overweight or underweight in those different strategies based on what the, the macro environments tell me to do. I knew one fund manager or portfolio manager. He had nine different scenarios, market neutral, market cold, market hot, and, you know, what type of stock do you want, growth, value, income, and like he, he had these little boxes that allocated everything for him. I thought that was a little bit too 
uh, rigid. But with that said, if it works for him, it works for him. Well, now what are you doing? Are you market positive but interest rates declining? Are you market positive but interest rates increasing? There's so many different scenarios you can go. You have to set an investment policy, though, that says in any asset class you can only maximum overweight to a certain percentage or maximum underweight to a certain percentage so you don't end up being wrong because of your internal beliefs or emotions at the time. Uh, for example, you know, rarely am I going to take more than, than have if, if things look bad – I'll shift asset allocation, but I don't want to have more than a lot of, say, 20% in cash. Because that's when you, when you go over those limits, that's when you're typically wrong. Speaking with CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And speaking about the markets, Ben Bernanke is signaling Fed is going to maintain stimulus efforts. At some point in time, whether it be tomorrow, next week, the year after, the Fed's going to say, you know, look, things are improving. We're going to take stimulus off the table. Or he'll say, we're going to start taking some of the stimulus off the table. Wall Street won't like it. Well, that's okay. It'll be a change, and Wall Street will find different leadership. Or Wall Street will consolidate. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Palo Alto a couple weeks from now. Three Saturdays. I got a brand new, not Money 101, but a Money 102. Kind of a step in a further direction of accumulating wealth. You can learn more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I am that aforementioned Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The more things change, the more I continue to come back to the basic concept of what the choice do we have to get to retirement. Stocks, bonds, real estate. I prefer my real estate to be the home that I live in. And maybe a publicly traded REIT or two. I don't like owning a 30-year mortgage where I'm counting on someone to pay it. I see the risks involved in it. Are there rewards? Absolutely. But there's also risks. Dr. Jeffrey Rosen is online, chiefeconomistbriefing.com. Dr. Rosen, how are you today? Good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Um... It's a big Ben Bernanke day. He's a big banker. What are you making of his testimony so far today? Uh, basically, I think he's been consistent with what he, uh, you know, has been saying all along. You know, the economy is still fragile. We still have, you know, significant headwinds. He doesn't see a reason to uh, change the quantitative easing policies today. Probably not going to change it, you know, until things get better and. You know, that, that's really all he can say. And yet, we've heard from some Federal Reserve bankers that if I were in charge, we would have started easing off the purchases. What's going on amongst the bankers, per se, as far as the future of economic policy? 
Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. It, when people are talking about tightening or, you know, not specifically raising interest rates, which was, you know, commonly thought of as tightening, but even reducing quantitative easing, which is a form of tightening in today's economic climate, it, it makes no economic sense. I mean, when you look at where the economy is today and you look at what the Fed's goal is in terms of maintaining price stability and maintaining, uh, you know, full employment, we're not hitting either of those two marks. So there is no reason to tighten, and tightening would be counterproductive. It would be making things more difficult. It would lower inflation expectations more than it currently is. It would raise the unemployment rate, which is already elevated. These are not things that need to be done today. I tend to look at our economy as very Goldilocksian. You don't want it too hot. You don't want it too cold. You kind of want it somewhere in the middle. Where is somewhere in the middle for employment in your mind? Six percent. Six percent? So yeah. you're kind of going with that L. Aryan new normal? No, I, I mean, I think that the the market is shifting a little bit in terms of the structure of the economy. And where we're used to a 4.8%, 5% um, structural unemployment rate, a full unemployment rate, as you will, uh, maybe a little too low. We're seeing the CBO raise their estimates of full unemployment to over 5%. So, you know, 5 to 6% somewhere in there seems like a pretty good guesstimate. You know, when, when things get to 6%, I'll be happy. You know, okay. it's just a matter of getting there. <laughs> I know you're not going to answer this with a lot of confidence, but when do we get there, Dr. Jeffers? <laughs> Well, we're moving there pretty quickly because a lot of people are leaving the labor force. If that continues, you know, we may get there by the end of the year. But that's not what we want. You know, we, we the number itself is kind of just an abstract idea. What we want to see is the idea of people finding jobs that want to find jobs as opposed to people finding jobs because, you know, you know it's not, and not everybody can just – you know, a select few, and that select few is lowering the unemployment rate. You know, we, we want a more broad-based uh, response in the employment sector. Speaking with Dr. So Jeffries at ChiefEconomistBriefing.com, explain to our listeners what leaving the labor force means and why we should care. Well, the way the unemployment rate is um, is calculated, it basically says that you have to be looking for a job to be counted in the labor force. If you are not looking for a job for any number of reasons, including disability or because you just can't find one and you're just sick of looking or because of retirement, you're not counted. So what we've seen over the last several years is that the number of people that are looking for a job have decreased substantially. Now. Some of that is due to uh, normal demographic factors, including the fact that the baby boomers are aging and, you know, they're taking the fact that they don't have a job now and, and they're just going to retire. But you're seeing a lot of younger uh, workers or potential workers that have just given up. And when you give up, you're not counted as unemployed, even though probably would be, you know, willing to take a job if the job came to you. So the unemployment rate masks those people that would take a job if it was available, but they're just not looking for it. So it's artificially lower than what it should be. 
I tend to tell people don't look at statistics in one month. Look at the trend, and the trend in housing has clearly been improving for a couple years now. Today we got April existing home sales. I'm actually looking at briefing.com right now. 4.97 million actual expectations were for 4.98 million. Do you read any anything into the numbers today on on housing? You know what I read in today is that the number of the the, the amount of distressed properties that are being sold have fallen substantially, and and that's important because it means that the people that are buying are buying you know homes that people live in, and that's a good thing. It's also raising prices, and it's going to influence people to put their homes for sale and try to and, and try to move the market ahead. You know, the, ter- the total number of sales that happened today, or happened in April, the 4.97, you know, for all intents and purposes, that, that number hasn't really changed since November of 2012. But what we're seeing is that the makeup of those sales are being more non-distressed properties, which is a, a clear sign of health in, in the sector. You recently penned a piece on briefing.com, the continued failure of quantitative easing, and you basically make a conclusion about inflation, that it's failing to increase inflation expectations, and yet the stock market's inflating. There is some inflation going on due to quantitative easing. Am I wrong? Asset prices are inflated in terms of the stock market, uh, right. probably yes. I mean, okay. that, that I would agree with. Uh, yields are so low that, you know, you don't want to be in bonds. You have to find some kind of yield. You go to the stock market. But prices of goods, you know, that people are buying, that is not increasing. And the expectations are really, really weak in so much that the real yields or real expected yields of bonds are negative going out to about 18 years from today. So, you know, if you're looking at investing in a bond, you're expecting to get, you know, less than what you're putting into it, just based on inflation. So the goal of quantitative easing is to raise inflation expectations, which would lower your expected return, which would make it so that you would want to spend more on a hard investment as opposed to savings, which means that, you know, stock prices go up and, and, and things like that. And that's what, uh, you know, the Fed is trying to do. And my argument in that paper is that inflation expectations have actually uh, come down a little bit, meaning that the, um, the quantitative easing mechanism that's supposed to help the economy is not having as much of a stimulative effect because the real returns have improved. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you really want to receive a uh, – you know, a zero real return over 19 years or 18 years, but, you know, that's better than, you know, in January when you were expected to receive, you know, a negative 0.2% return over that same time frame. Nice dig talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but we only have a couple minutes left. Um, anything that we need to be aware of, Dr. Rosen, uh, that you want to put on our radars? Uh, the durable goods number is coming out on uh, Friday, and I think that has a very big potential of coming in well below expectations. Um, one of the things that we've seen in durable goods is this up and down movement over the past several months, mainly because of aircraft have been uh, surging one month and then pulling back in another. And what you're seeing is that we had a big pullback in aircraft in in March, and people are assuming that that aircraft orders returned strong in April, but if you looked at the Boeing numbers that were released uh, late last week or, or two weeks ago, they reported um, better than expected sales in terms of the number of aircraft, 
but the values of those aircraft were much, much weaker. So if you look at the values, we probably may see another uh, negative durable goods orders number just based on you know, where aircraft is. So that, that real strong positive gain that we've been seeing up, down, up, down may not you know, occur this month, even though people just expect it to happen. Can I throw out one just ridiculous question? How would you grade, grade our economy, A through F? Where are we in your view? Let's see. I mean, uh, we're we're passing, but it's borderline. You know, we're not above average. We're not excelling in anything. Um, And there's still there's room for improvement, and there's definite room to get worse. And and that's the scary thing. Thanks for joining me. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Briefing.com. I will say this till I'm blue in the face. Independent live market analysis. They're the best resource out there for really grasping what's going on today in the U.S. and international equity markets. You can find out more at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. And, again, every Wednesday in the 8.30 segment, Dr. Jeff Rosen joins me, Chief Economist, briefing.com. Every Tuesday, we get the Chief Market Strategist uh, in the 7.30 time clock. If you don't hear it, go to kdow.biz, kdow.biz, get a podcast the show incredibly insightful. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to really focus you in on getting your stuff together so you can get to retirement. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 K. You're listening to Rob Black. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Impulse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.